0: What number is this, Chip? Zilch 187, Glenn gretland from 7A with Tommy Boyce and Bobby hearts I wonder what she's doing tonight. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I know.
1: You're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast.
0: Glenn Gretlin is in the house from 7A with the 55th anniversary edition of Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hartz. I wonder what she's doing tonight. Hi, how are you doing, Ken? I am doing well, doing well. Glad to be here with you. Uh, It's been a while since I've been behind the microphone. I have not been doing well, but we are getting better all the time. To paraphrase the Beatles or to quote the Beatles, however we want to do it. And it is always good to be here with the Zilch listeners and our friends around the world. And today we're going to talk about Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart's album from 1968, I Wonder What She's Doing Tonight. This is a very important album, I feel in Monkey's history, even though to a lot of Monkeys fans it may not even appear on their radar. I know that for myself, as a kid, I would read the Monkeys albums and you'd see Boyce and Hart and the various names and and even Chip Douglas, and I'll be honest with you, as a kid who watched My Three Sons, I was confused if that was the same Chip Douglas. At a very early age, I could read, and I'd say, well, is that the guy from TV? You know, to my grandmother and my mom.
1: Yeah,
0: It was very strange. But you would see Boyce and Hart uh, primarily a lot in the 70s on I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. You know, they had that uh, bit of fame whether yeah. it was something they enjoyed all the times it re-ran, I'm sure they enjoyed the the money when it reran, but um <laughs> but t v's been very good to Tommy and Bobby, whether it's yeah, you know the days of our life theme, so many different things, and of course the monkeys themselves. This is a very cool album, and seven a is putting it out. We're gonna run through the the press release, if you will. are you ready?
1: Yeah, go on if you want have you got it there?
0: Yeah, 7A Records are proud to announce the deluxe 55th anniversary release of Boys and Heart's critically acclaimed 1968 album, I Wonder What She's Doing Tonight. Released on limited red vinyl and CD, this deluxe 55th anniversary edition has been remastered and includes extensive liner notes by the Monkees manager and historian and friend to Monkees fans everywhere, Andrew Sandoval. The vinyl edition is limited to only 500 copies and is pressed on 180 gram red vinyl. It comes in a gatefold sleeve and features previously unseen photos by photographer Henry Diltz. As well as lyrics to all of the songs, the CD edition features a 28-page color CD booklet featuring previously unseen photos by Henry Diltz again, as well as lyrics to all of the songs. Why did you pick this album, which was originally released back in March of 1968?
1: That's a good question. I, actually, the, um, I, I guess ever since I was a teenager, I really liked this album. And I remember I was working in a, um, in a record shop. In Denmark, sort of more or less for free, uh, when I wasn't, you know, sort of after school, an after school thing, and um, they had that album for sale, like a used copy of it, and I um, put it on, and I, um, I was just hooked straight away, and I've liked the album ever since. And it's been a favourite of mine, and I noticed that the anniversary was coming up, and it wasn't available anywhere to buy, you know, any physical format, either CD or vinyl. There have been some reissues over the years, mainly in Japan. But uh, they're few and far between and nobody's ever really done a big job on it. Nobody's ever really sort of dived into it. And, and you know, Andrew Sandoval's sleeve notes, or liner notes here are, are really good because he's had the opportunity to interview Bobby Hart many times over the years. And um, he talks about sort of in detail about the album. Um, so I thought it was, it was this is the right time to get it back out there, put it back on the shelves Let's make it sound the best it's ever sounded. Uh, you know, remastered it, and with Andrew's liner notes and Henry Dillson's pictures, I'm I'm very happy with how it's come out.
0: Fantastic. This was their second LP long play album that came out, and you've got a to mixture Tommy's uh, pop leanings and Bobby Hart's bluesy leanings, if you will, yeah. on this, and it's it's uh, very evident. I Wonder What She's Doing Tonight made the charts in April of 1968, and A&M, the record company, had a strong and fostering relationship with their artist at the time, and Boyce and Heart would return with another album, It's All Happening on the Inside, with three more singles. Nevertheless, their second album was a peak commercial and artistic success, which holds up decades later. It's one of the finer pieces of pop craftsmanship. From a fantastic songwriting duo, you know, I think we need to take a look at when this came out. The Monkees project had happened, like we mentioned earlier. They were all over TV, whether it was uh, Herb Albert hosting the Hollywood Palace with them, yeah. And those very, they had to be very hot velour suits. This,
1: but 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 also, <laughs> what, what did you what, what did you mention? Is this is the second album that they did? And yes. I think what had happened at this point was they had become more. Uh, sophisticated as producers Mm
0: -hmm. they were
1: able to do more things in the studio than you know they were just a couple of years before and what you get uh, is sort of high production values sort of clever some of the tracks are very clever in the way they're they're produced and put together and some of them like if you take the ending of i want to be free which is on there it sounds almost like the beats boys yeah and and the funny thing is you know without sort of going into all of the liner notes um Andrew Sandoval did interview Bobby Hart and he said that, um, he was actually approached by Bruce, Bruce Johnson from the Beats Boys, um, about the possibility of becoming their producer, the Beats Boys producers. And this was during a time when Brian Wilson wasn't producing them. Um, so they could have ended up as the Beats Boys producers, but, um, um, apparently, you know, they weren't, it just didn't happen, uh, for a variety of reasons. But, um, just to be approached, you know, that means that other people hold him in high regard as well.
0: Absolutely. And like I said earlier, some monkeys fans don't always rate Boyce and Hart right up there with Neil Diamond or whatever. But, you know, it's so important that we take a look at the importance of Boyce and Hart to the monkeys project. I often wonder, had there not been a single in Last Train to Clarksville, what other song would have been the single off the first album because had that first album not have sold Bafo Sako, we might have not got a more of the monkeys.
1: Yes, that's I think that's correct.
0: Can you think of any song on that album that would do as good as Last Train to Clarksville? Even close to it, because I can't think of anything other than maybe the monkeys theme song. But then again,
1: voice and heart. So well, they obviously thought Giant Step was the second best song because they put it on as a a, a B side, didn't they, on Clarksville? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think you're right. It, it probably wouldn't have uh, been as, as successful.
0: There's nothing that steps up to the plate and knocks it out in the sense that like a day tripper or paperback writer or something that, you know, along those lines. And they really needed that. And I feel the other huge chunk, and this is not to take away from like I Want to Be Free or theme song or anything else that the mic, even Teeny Tiny Gnome or whatever the hell it's called, uh, <laughs> or Ladies <laughs> Aid Society, uh, not not to take away anything from any other song. But I think that a, a secondary reason that Boyce and Heart are so important is because they gave them. In a way, the second most song with, with most validity in the fact that any rock band could play it that was forming in a garage from the Sex Pistols to anybody could cover I'm Not Your Steppin' Stone. Yeah. That gave them a, uh, a street cred, if you will, the Monkees, that, that they might not have had. I mean, that song just—it just rips. I think that's correct. And it holds up to this day. So without those one-two punches of uh Boyce and Hart's work, I'm not sure that that we would have uh such a career for the monkeys. It, which is takes nothing away from the monkeys talent. It's just that the machine had to be fed. And I mean it, could have, gone, lo- uh, it
1: yeah. could have gone in another direction, couldn't it?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There could have been no more of the monkeys might have been the second album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> pff, tss, but you take a look at the monkeys theme I want to be free. And last train of Clarksville, uh, going to Clarksville. I'm gonna buy me a dog. Just all that stuff, right? It really yeah. does sum up a lot about not only the TV show, but the, the first album is it's just full of that. Like you have the comedy of the TV show. It was they yes. were really versatile in the sense that they were able to convey what the show was about.
1: Yeah, and and you needed some uh, you needed some odd tracks on there as well. I think Don Kirstner did that on, on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, some throwaway songs to sort of to capture the, uh, you know, the, the fun of the TV series, as you say. But yes, I think it's a very valid point, and you know? it could have gone in a completely different direction.
0: So that's why this album is something that Monkees fans really should get a hold of now, especially in this cleaned-up edition, which is sounding better than ever before, seriously, and it's looking great too.
1: I'm a big fan of the album, as I said, and I, as you know, to my ears. It's never sounded this good, and I'm very, very happy with with how it's come out and, uh, well, the whole package. And, um, it, it, you know, I, I just hope that Monkey's fans out there will, if they haven't already got it in their collection, or if they have a very old copy that's not been remastered, I really think they should go and check it out again, because this is um, this is as good as it's going to sound.
0: And it's going to fit right along with Dolan's Jones voice and heart and everything else that seven as put out. It's just great stuff. Uh, we're not going to do a track by track, but I do, I do want to talk about a few of these songs, the great single. I wonder what she's doing tonight, which to me holds up with everything like alongside the Raiders or, or anything else by anybody. Uh, it's, it's great. And I'm, I've often wondered why Mickey has never recorded that.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I To me, it, it's a great, great song and um, I've been playing it, uh, you know, in my car or whenever I've been, you know, testing the new album and it really holds up to this day. And it, it's a fantastic pop track. But you know, it's probably to do with timing. You know, it came out at that particular time. The monkeys were very busy, and Boys in Heart wanted to do their own thing. But it could have been easily been a, a monkey's track, couldn't it?
0: Very much so. Uh, the song was uh, written by Tommy and Bobby, and it was arranged by Artie Butler. It entered the Billboard Hot 100 at 87 just before Christmas, 1967, and became a true hit in 1968, reaching seven on Cashbox chart and eight on billboards hot 100 chart and marvin stam is the the trumpeteer on that which i always as a kid was kind of confused when they were on uh, hollywood palace and herb albert was the host why didn't he just step i mean the guy knows a way way around the horn he could have definitely done that but it's, it's a really good solo too
1: well i didn't realize that but yes there's a there's a great horn section on there and um it sort of plays uh Almost like a duet with the um, the guitars on there, which is, um, it just creates a very nice sound.
0: And it really does have that monkey sound. I mean, it sounds like Valerie, yeah. just that yeah. same, you crack an egg and it starts cooking, you know what I mean? It sounds great. And we have Tommy and Bobby doing something that they would be kind of known for, where they would do a bit of a ad-libbing or, you know, all right, Bobby, let's go, right? you can't lose a you never had. Yeah, yeah, and we later have that in perhaps the naughtiest song that Boy and Heart ever released, but we'll get to that later. That uh, interplay, if you will. Yeah, it sold over one million copies and was awarded a gold disc. So that's this song is seriously, it's it's worth picking up for this, if nothing else. This is a part of the history of Boyce and Heart and the Monkees. Just a fantastic song. Uh, I remember hearing this when I was a kid and thinking, who is this voice, you know, who, who is voice and heart? I didn't really understand it all as a child. But, you know, it, again, it fit right along with the Raiders and the Stones, the Beatles and the Monkees.
1: It does. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I've been reading people's comments online since we, um, since we uh, advertised this. And a lot of people saying, great song. But the thing is, it, this album is a lot more than just that song.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And it, and, and it flows really well as an album, in my opinion. Uh, you know, there's one or two tracks you could argue about, but the rest of them as an album work, I think it works really well. And that's one of the reasons why I think this is the best of the, uh, the albums that they, they released together.
0: I agree. This is uh where it all came together. This was their best shot, if you will. Did you, did you actually get any of those TV appearances over in the UK?
1: Um, I I wasn't hit. (laughs) Well, no. Okay. Denmark then. (laughs) No, we didn't. No. Yeah. So uh, we grew up with
0: Bewitched and uh, I Dream of Genie and all that stuff. But you you guys missed out on the good stuff. You missed out on the good times.
1: But I'm aware of – obviously, I'm aware of all the the stuff they've been in. But no, we didn't get it at the time. Uh, But I've seen some of the reruns.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's – go through the track listing. Of course, it kicks off with, I wonder what she's doing tonight. Pretty Flower.
1: But I never see
0: And a song that Monkey fans should be uh, aware of, Teardrop City. I was high
1: Just to stop you there, Teardrop City, I think, is, in my opinion, again, possibly superior to the Monkees version. I think it's a great, even the intro, the guitar intro that they use on this one has you, it's just, you know, hooked straight away. I'm not actually sure who the guitar plays. I'll look it up, but it's a fantastic intro. And he caught the ear of Quentin Tarantino when he did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's an interview on um, YouTube where he, he says he wanted to include Boys and Hearts Teardrop City in that film. But unfortunately, they had to cut it out at the end. It was just too long. And he said that was one of his regrets because he's a big fan of, of Boys and Heart And that's his favorite track. And I, I can see why. I, I think it's a fantastic. I mean, Tarantino loves the monkeys as well but for him to say that that's the uh, the standout track I think yeah, I'd agree with him I mean after I wonder what she's doing tonight it's possibly the, the second most commercial song on the album
0: mm-hmm. then we've got Love Every Day Every day, any thoughts on that one, real quick?
1: It's got a great organ, you know. There's a, there's like an organ piece in the middle by Bobby Hart, which takes you straight back to Flower Power and that particular you know, era. Yeah, it's one of my favorites on there.
0: And then we've got, I mentioned the naughtiest song on the album, uh, Two for the Price of One, in which uh, Tommy and Bobby sing about how. There's a super studs and you can get a pop star or a uh, love making duo something and you could dance with both <laughs> of them I don't know it, your mind you know will go where it will but yeah. there's some of that interplay where they go back and forth like oh don't say that about me <laughs> yeah, yeah it's almost yeah. like the same thing that they did and yeah. yeah. I wonder what she's doing tonight Tell you, the first time i heard that song it just it cracked me up
1: yeah uh but it, that's that's very much typical for i think what they wanted to sort of create at the time but it's not dissimilar, if you'd like to to how some of the early monkeys albums were created where you got you got the obvious obvious sort of commercial pop hits and then you got a couple of you know sort of throwaway songs i wouldn't call it a throwaway song but it, it's like um what do you call it, it, it it's it's not serious it's, they're not really taking themselves serious
0: yeah it's it's a bit of a novelty
1: yeah novelty is the right word yeah
0: a novelty sexy song take that yeah. weird al
1: yeah yeah
0: weird al never was able to crack that code but uh <laughs> <laughs> thank god uh, <laughs> anyway the mind boggles uh the next track is goodbye baby goodbye baby i don't want to see you cry what do you think about that one
1: it's a good song i think that was a single as well in certainly in many countries it came out as a single and it's got some again on on the the chorus it's got some of the beats boys sound to it it Uh, does it really does
0: you just wonder what they would have sounded like doing this you know what i mean it would have been perfect for them yeah uh then we follow up with i'm digging you digging me the about-
1: In a very commercial song uh, and you know i um, but it's very typical it's a typical boys and heart song and it's um it, it's one where they you know tommy boys i don't know if you ever read that book that he released mm-hmm. um years ago how to write a hit song and sell it and he talks about how within the first 30 seconds you need to have the a, a line that hooks you and then you need to have a recurring chorus and um, this one certainly does have, I mean, you know, a recurring chorus. So he's very much written to, you know, how he would normally write a hit song. This is the the Boys and Heart formula, if you like. There you go.
0: Yeah, and it it definitely does have that hook. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a book that's worth checking out if you're interested in the art of songwriting for sure. Uh, along with his psychedelic bubblegum. Uh, yep. A book that came out a while ago He came on the show and that it was cool Having uh, him on Then the next track is Leaving Again Though your voice Has stopped speaking The short conversation, there's not much to say.
1: guess one of the slightly more serious uh sort of heartbreak songs on the album and again some some great vocal work from tommy boys on that
0: yeah this is a more adult one if you will as we're talking about then we go into something like p.o box 9847 or uh, mr webster kind of vein with the countess we've got a story here
1: yeah but it's got a brilliant uh, in my opinion a brilliant um chorus but also intro
0: He was standing in the
1: sort of, I've read some people that um, that kind of dislike that one but I I don't I don't mind it at all I, I it's one of the better tracks on there I think
0: it's so strange and then we've got a bit of a political statement from Tommy and Bobby which they were no stranger to doing that they uh, they did the let us vote campaign to try to get the uh, voting age lowered and uh, this is a song about political importance one a two a one two three
1: Yeah, apparently somebody wrote online. I haven't had any chance to verify this, but apparently there's an um, uncredited Mickey Dolan's vocal on, on one of the uh, the choruses right at the end. Apparently Mickey sings a line or two, but I, I haven't had a chance to verify that in any way. There's wow. a lot going on. It's a very busy production, and there's a lot going on, but it's, it's possible. Wow.
0: Well, I'm going to have to double-check that and listen. Because yeah. the thing is, is like it was so confusing you would you know is that peter singing and it turns out yeah. it's one of tommy or bobby you, know I mean? yeah. you wouldn't there's know certainly, who. certainly there.
1: yeah, there's certainly some very high notes towards the end of the song it's very possible that that mickey is among those
0: uh-huh. well you be the judge folks let us know do you think that's mickey i wonder if mickey's ever made a statement about that of course he probably doesn't care to say what's for breakfast <laughs> and then we have the the song that has broken a million hearts i want to be free boys and hearts version of it
1: me, stay close
0: enough to guide me
1: Personally, I think it's a wonderful version it, it, and it, it's a more sophisticated arrangement than what than was, was on the monkey's album. Obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's David Jones, you know, it's his, very much his song and it's very difficult to, to not, you know, imagine him singing it. But um, the arrangements and everything about this, I think, is, is very, very beautifully done. And again, you know, the, the Beats Boy sound, uh, it makes it sound cool, you know, it's, it, it makes it sound less sort of, uh, you know, less sentimental if you like it's 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 um it's a completely different take on it and it works very well
0: and you know it's weird you can take a look at how a song is remembered or loved pop culturally you know what i mean yeah a lot of people have covered boys and heart songs i mean just even take the title track we've got gary lewis and the playboys and their 68 album Gary Lewis now. Trini Lopez on his 1969 album, The Whole Enchilada. The Young Fresh Fellows on their 2001 album, We Hate You. Yeah, they
1: got so many. Yeah,
0: yep. yeah. An instrumental version is featured in the 1969 film, Cactus Flower. So those are just a few of them. But even up till uh, the Explorer Club on To Sing and Be Born Again album in 2020. So it's still out there. It's still you know reaching people. Yep. Still making an impact.
1: It'd be nice if it does. If they do, if one of their tracks do make it into uh, Quentin Tarantino's final film when he comes to do it, that would be excellent. That would bring it to a whole new audience.
0: So this is again something that I feel monkeys fans are going to want to pick up. Uh, this is uh, just a further bit. And hey, if if Mickey is on that, let us know. If, if that is Mickey's voice you heard on that let us know on the Facebook page. And the Facebook page is always hopping whenever we have a new episode featuring 7A. Uh, you've got a lot going on, as always. I know you just put out Dave Edmonds music.
1: Yes, we got two of his best albums, the big albums called Repeat When Necessary and Tracks on Wax 4. And the interesting thing to monkeys fans will be that um, both albums have been remastered by Roger Beterian, who you might recall uh, was the producer on Pool It. and um, he happened to be the original engineer on the recording sessions back in the '70s for these two albums. Um, and when I discovered that, I thought it would be, not, you know, I wanted to reach out to him. And um, I met up with him in a in a pub, nice English pub, and we had a beer together. And I asked him if he would like to remaster these two albums for vinyl. And thankfully, he he did. And um, he was also very, very helpful when it came to the liner notes. Lots of great backstories um, on, on both albums. And they are, if you aren't aware, the, the Dave Edmonds is very important to British rock music. You know, he's one of the pioneers. Absolutely.
0: Rock Pile, all the stuff that those yeah. cats did. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. So I'm delighted to be able to release them on 7A. And um, and again, it's, it's one of those where they haven't been available on vinyl for... A long, long time, you know, probably 20 years at least.
0: And you recently put out Paul Young's The Crossing 30th Anniversary Edition. How's that doing?
1: That did, that's doing really well. It's out in the shops now. And um, we are um, very lucky to be able to work directly with Paul Young uh, on, on the um, advertising and on the promotion of it. And he's been extremely helpful also when it came to putting it together, you know, with pictures and the liner notes. He did a long interview for the liner notes. as As some of you might recall, if you've been following, he he signed the first five hundred copies. So the five hundred people bought signed albums um, that have all sold out now. The Crossing, Paul Youngster Crossing is one of those albums I remember when I not dissimilar to Boys and Heart. I remember seeing in the shops when I was a teenager. And it's, it's possibly, in my opinion, one of his very best albums. He's one of those artists who's never really done a bad album. And um, and this one, is, is no. it's it's produced by Dun Was. If you know Don Was. Yes,
0: from Was Not Was.
1: Exactly, yeah. Funny enough, th- th- there's so many musicians on it. But it features a lot of people that have worked with Mike Nesmith. You've got Jim Cox, who you might remember Mm. played played with the first national band Redox. Yeah. And it's got Louis Conte on percussion and there's Larry Knetchel. Is that Larry Knetchel? Who was with the, uh, one of the wrecking, wrecking crew. I believe so. Yeah. And, and lots of monkeys albums. So funny enough that all these musicians were still, you know, in, in the nineties, very busy recording with other artists and a lot of them on, on this Paul Young album.
0: It's, it's, it's actually kind of a dream come true for you. I would imagine.
1: It is. Um, it is. And I, you know, I want to release as much monkey's material as I can, both you know, all the solo stuff. Uh, um, but I also want to try and and broaden the net a little bit and have different artists that I that I really like and and albums that I think are are um, should be out there, uh, but are not currently available. So that's what I've been trying to do.
0: Excellent. Which, by the way, are you aware that Greg Bissonette from David Lee Roth played on Rays by Nesmith? That's just a bizarre thing. I just I never would have picked that out, but that's...
1: And are you aware that Greg Bichon had also played uh, on uh, the Mickey Dolan's track? That was, what was that called? That Bob Dylan song? Mighty Quinn? Yeah, Mighty Quinn.
0: Yeah, on that heavy metal album. Yeah, yeah. It's, what a trip. It's a small world after all. Sending post some are building monuments and all up and down looks. Everybody's in despair, every girl and boy. But when Grim the Eskimo gets here, everybody gonna jump for joy. Come on out. Is there anything coming down the pipe that we know of?
1: Well, I, I can't remember if I, because it's been a while since we spoke together, but I can't remember if I mentioned last time that um, we got David Jones' um, Bell Record story coming out.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: I know some people say I've already got the Bell Records, or they might say Friday Music released it. But if you looked it up, it's actually more than 12 years ago that anybody released it, and it hasn't been available. It was only available for a very short time, and I think it deserves to be out there. On vinyl and on CD with all the bonus tracks, and that, so that's what we were doing. And Mark Kleiner has, as usual, done an amazing job and absolutely dived into. He's you know it was produced by Jackie Mills, if you remember, Jackie Mills at Bell Records. Yes. And Mark Kleiner has even tracked down Jackie Mills' secretary and interviewed her. So that's the sort. Of, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the sort of uh, really really good work that Mark does, and and that's why. The liner notes are so interesting to read and it gives you a really, really good picture. And it turns out, you know, that Davey had loads of meetings with Jackie Mills and it wasn't an album that was done quickly like some people have claimed in the past. You know, he was coming in for meetings months and months and the secretary verified that. So you get that sort of thing. (laughs) Wow.
0: Now, the Bell record from Davey Jones is that it's going to have bonus tracks and the whole 7 8 treatment, right?
1: That's right. We're going to absolutely put everything into it we can. And we got, uh, apart from the great liner notes from Mark Kleiner, we, we got um, very helpful Gary Strobel and Henry Dills with, with the pictures. So there's going to be lots of um, previously unseen pictures. And, um, I, you know, the remastering as well. There's been various sort of issues in the past where I think the sound has been a little bit you know it could be better and we've really again we've tried to 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 make it sound as as great as we possibly could and and I think it sounds a million miles better than what I've heard before so um yeah this again I'm trying to make this the ultimate version of it so um if if you if you haven't got it in your collection or you you want you know you'd like to have it again remastered with all the bonus tracks the the images and the liner notes this is you know this is the one to pick up because um you know, I'm going to try and make this the ultimate version that's ever been.
0: More good news, more great releases coming from Seven A, and we are glad to be here to be part of it with you. Uh, we always look forward to having you on the show and uh, just talking about music and all the coolness that we do.
1: Well, I'm very uh, thankful, you know, grateful to be on here. You know, it's it's a great show, and I'm happy to have you back, Ken. You know, uh, good to have you back behind the microphone.
0: They tried to take me out, but Ken Mills cannot be killed with conventional methods. So just just letting you know, I'm not done, folks. Uh, but for everybody who asked about, uh, you know, when's the next Zilch, here you are. Here we are.
1: Yeah, and um, I can reveal one other thing, which is um, possibly quite big news. I'm also working on a reissue of Davy's Incredible Album, and that's going to have lots of bonus tracks as well. And I've been working with Davis Estate on that, and we're going to try and put effort, every effort we can into making that as as great as possible, because I don't think that's ever been – well, there was some sort of digital reissue at some point. But apart from that, it's never been out since it came out originally in 1988.
0: But more importantly, it, it hasn't had the 7A treatment.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, again, possibly some of his best solar work on there and not available anywhere.
0: Agreed. I I think there's a lot of great stuff on there, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. You know, Davey kind of gets you know slagged on a bit sometimes, and you know he didn't have the quality control of picking all of the best material, if you will. But he also was trying to do his own thing, and I give him I give him a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah. If you remember how busy the monkeys were touring in 1987, which is when uh, Incredible was recorded for him to be able to fit in recording an album at the same time, you know, and Mark Kleiner, again, will has tracked down all the people that helped do that and some great interviews that explains just how busy things were at the height of Monkey Mania. You know, it it was actually quite a big achievement to get, you know, an album out at the time. And it's nice to hear from all these people that because a lot of people don't really know about this project or how it came about. So to be able to tell that whole story, I think it's important.
0: Fantastic. Well, it is always great to have 7A in the house, and it's always great to have new music coming from 7A, even if it is an old classic like uh, Boys and Hearts, I wonder what she's doing tonight. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and we hope to come back very soon on the next episode of Zilch.
1: Well, thank you, Ken, and I just want to mention here at the end that if, if, you, if you check out the Boys and Heart album, the best, uh, the cheapest place in the U.S. at the moment to get it from would be importcds.com. I've checked it out, and they are you know, a few dollars cheaper than uh, deepdiscount.com, which is the other place that we, we recommend you can get it from. It's on Amazon, of course, but the import CDs or deep discount. Uh, it doesn't make any difference to us uh, where people buy it from. We just try to direct you to the, the cheapest place to get it.
0: Right, and most reliable places often because sometimes Amazon may be great, but they may not be able to deliver what they promise in that sense. We've had that happen.
1: It's weird with Amazon, they can be brilliant and sometimes uh, they just completely mess it up. So, you know, but I, I, I can recommend all free stores, to be honest, because normally on 7A, they've been great. But deepdiscount.com, people will know, always do a good job. And it's possible, I think you might save a few dollars on import CDs. But I just want to thank you, everybody, for supporting us because we wouldn't be able to do this without you. And, you know, it's very much the case. One album pays for the next album. So we hope that you know, people will keep supporting us.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. And thank you for, uh, you know, doing what you're doing. Seriously. It, it it makes fandom a lot more fun.
1: Well, same to you, Ken. Thank you so much.
0: All right. We'll see you all on the next episode of Zelch. Say, see you, Glenn. See you, Ken. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> and that's our show. Zilch is an online non-profit monkeys Audio
0: fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard
1: remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.